everybody goes to like a Walgreens or like a 99 cent store at some point in their adult life and they pick up a hula hoop and they go, hey, look at me. Remember when we used to do this at school? And then they like start spinning the hoop and then it falls on the floor and they're like, what? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My childhood is gone. I mean, what happened? I'm an adult now. There's nothing fun left in my life. Everything is over. I used to be a kid and I could hula hoop in the playground and now my life is just boring admin office. Oh, like my childhood is dead. Everybody has this moment, right? Let me tell you something. You are a lot taller than when you were five or six years old. And that hula hoop from Walgreens or the 99 cent store is designed for a five or six year old. You're tall now. You need an adult size hula hoop. Your lifelong passions, dreams, and aspirations. Your joys and creative spurs. Your femininity. Your success. All in one place. This is Girl Skill with your host, Anna Rova. Hello, hello, and welcome to Girl Skill Podcast, where twice a week we're having an insightful conversation with a kick-ass woman about her life story, her version of success, and her femininity, so we can all learn from the lessons she's learned along the way and apply it into our own lives too. And before we move on to yet another amazing episode of the Girl Skill Podcast, I wanted to officially announce and introduce you to the Girl Skill Power Tools Career and Business Edition PDF that is now available for free to download at Girl Skill girlskill.com slash business. As you by now know, I've interviewed more than 50 women on female success. And in every single episode, I've asked them by the end of the episode to tell us all their recommended top tools and resources that help them stay productive, happy and fulfilled. And as you know, if you've been a listener, and if not, you will see in this episode that, um, you know, I asked them, what are some of the top apps that they're using some of the books that they highly recommend, and then also people and they follow and podcasts they listen to. And so what I've done, I've really went into every single episode, selected some of the best tools and resources from all these women, and basically um, categorized them in different areas areas of life. So this specific edition is for career and business. And I know that for many, many of you, you'd love to have some kind of handy tool of all the two amazing tools and resources. And so this is what you get in this edition. And you can get them at girlskill.com slash business. It includes the top 40 apps, podcasts, books, and people to follow to for the modern woman who wants to take her own version of success in career or business to the next level. So again, go to girlskill.com slash business business and download it for free. It's freaking awesome. I've worked with a designer. Oh my God, it's taking me so long, but I've worked with a designer and also someone on my team to put it all together. It's beautiful. You will love it. Go to girlskill.com slash business to download it now. All right, everyone. Uh, so welcome to this amazing episode. And I'm not going to give you any personal updates because this episode is like, it, it, it just we need to go straight into it. Um, so this episode is with Marawa Ibrahim. Marawa Ibrahim holds twelve different Guinness World Records. Is the top founder is the founder of Hooptown and the Hula Schooler Workshops. She is also the author of the Girl's Guide: Fifty Ways to Learn to Love Your Changing Body, a beautifully illustrated book for young girls that explains everything from acne to puberty to changing the way you view your body. 
So let me tell you how I know Marawa. And like, if you're wondering, oh my God, Anna, where are you getting all these amazing guests? Here is the story. And it's actually like, I just love how I'm making these connections. You know, my guests on the Girl Skill podcast are coming from all different places. You know, I've, um, I've interviewed women you know, who have been recommended to me by friends, by people who I don't know. Um, Sometimes I'm finding them, you know, on Instagram. I message them on Instagram if they're doing really cool things. Um, Or I'm interviewing them, you know, like I'll I'll, I'll give you an example. Here in Canary Islands, where I am right now, I went to a concert, to an electric concert, and I saw a DJ girl. uh, Actually, she's a music producer. And then this other girl who was live, singing live, and her, her voice was so incredible. I was just sitting there and being like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I need to interview these two girls. So I went up to them. And like, they're both Italian. One of them is like a street performer. The other one is like an Italian producer. And I said, let's get on the podcast. And they were like, yeah, let's do it. And so last week, no, actually Monday, like yesterday, two days ago, whatever. I don't even know what day it is. I've interviewed them on the podcast and it was amazing. So, so anyways, I'm just following my curiosity and inspiration. And that's how I'm, I'm able to kind of bring together so many different women and talk to them about different journeys. And it's just so funny. So how I met this, uh, how I got in touch with this 12 world Guinness world record holder, Marawa Ibrahim in episode 53, uh, is on Upwork. I was actually uh, looking for a virtual assistant or an assistant, a writer, content, actually a content writer who could help me with the podcast and writing show notes and, you know, listening to the episodes because this is very high like intensive production. So I'm producing two episodes a week, as you know, and it's like really intense. And on top of that, I have to take care of Instagram and the website and everything and like program and like, it's a lot of work. And actually Mary, <laughs> it's so funny. I'm, um, I'm, I'm also broadcasting this on Instagram and Mary who I've hired, I've ended up hiring not through Upwork, but through different channels is, is watching this. So Mary's doing amazing work. So everyone actually, the, the titles and the show notes and everything and all of the amazing content things, Mary is um, really helpful and is a great girl who's helping me with a lot of this stuff. So thank you, Mary. I gave you a live recognition (laughs) on the podcast and on Instagram. So that's great. Anyways, so there was a woman there who wanted to on Upwork when I was looking for a content writer. Um, There was a woman who said, oh, my God, Anna, your project is amazing. I want to write for you. And then we were like talking. And then a day later, she she comes back to me and says, Anna, I'm too busy. I realize I can't do this, but I have a lot of different women that I could recommend. And I was like, okay. And so she sends me an email with the research and she says, I know Marawa Ibrahim. I've met her in a circus where I was selling coffee and she was performing there and she's amazing. She holds Guinness records so I can introduce you. And so actually she gave me her email and I emailed Marawa and Marawa came back and said, hell yeah, let's do it. So here we are. The, the episode was incredible. So as I said, you know, she, she holds 12 Guinness records and like is all about hula hooping. This was such a great interview. So Marawa has a bachelor degree in circus arts that is more than just a clown college. It is impossible not to smile around this week's guest. With her high heel roller skates, her love for hula hoops and her sense of humor, Marawa is conquering the world. Indeed. Uh, she's a professional hula hooper and a performance artist, and she has traveled all over the world performing, teaching, and writing. While her life might seem magical on Instagram, Marawa is adamant that success does not mean always having a fun 
always having fun at your job. Even a hula hoop master has to do some soul destroying work. <laughs> <laughs> to pay the bills. Join us for an insightful conversation in which we discuss the importance of work-life balance, the ridiculous amount of paperwork necessary for a Guinness World Record, and how expensive it is to make a high-heeled roller skate, okay? Uh, so, as I said, amazing interview. I laughed so hard with her. She's such an incredible woman. Uh, so stand till the end of this episode, where Mara also recommends two apps for tracking your period and making your life more sparkly, one athlete to follow to inspire you to push your limits, seven books to motivate you to be more creative, open and connected to your body. So enjoy this episode and I'll see you at the end. Girl Skill, female success redefined. Marawa Ibrahim, welcome to Girl Skill Podcast. I'm super excited to have you on board. Thanks for having me. It's exciting to be here. Yeah, I'm. We actually connected through a woman, um, and you probably you might remember this story. Louisa, we connected through yeah. a woman who I found on Upwork, uh, where she's a oh, freelancer yeah. and looking for. I was looking for writers for Girl Skill actually, and she loved my post. And then she was like, "I can work for you," but then she said, "I'm too busy." But I have an I have amazing women who should come on your show. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, and she, she gave me a profile and then she said she met you in a circus kind of environment in New York or something. I'm yeah. like, what? Yeah. So uh, that was amazing. And so before we get into your world Guinness records, your hula hoops and your majorettes and like all of the amazing, incredible, super fun projects that you're doing and the book that you've written, which is called The Girl Guide, which I love. And I told you, like, I have a girl crush on you. Uh, let's just begin <laughs> with a couple of um, uh, fun questions. Um, that I ask most, not, not most, but all women on the show. So let's begin. Um, Marawa, what is your superpower? Hula hooping's got to be my superpower, right? If I was going to be a superhero, I'd be the one that had like magical hula hoops that she throws at people. Right. Okay. Awesome. Uh, what is always in your purse? Oh, tissues. My nose runs forever. Just always just decides to run and not like, not like a little bit of run. It just like runs like for nothing. I don't know if it's an allergy. So I always have tissues. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, what have you already given to this world? What have I given to the world? Um, a book. I gave it a book. Book came yes. out. That's yes. <laughs> that counts. Yes, that counts. <laughs> uh, what's your astrological sign and how are you using it in daily life? I'm an Aries, but I went when I was a kid and I was at like a planetarium and there was this amazing guy that was like, you know, everybody has their star signs, but they don't actually realize that because of leap years, everything's not really where it should be and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I don't really follow them much anyway, but he was like, we've only got time to do one person. He was like, little girl, what's your star sign? And I was like, I'm an Aries. And he was like, He's like put my birth date into the chart and did this whole thing. He's like, you're actually a Pisces. So now I read both of them. Really? Sometimes, sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I'm a bit more that one today or whatever, but you know, <laughs> I've never heard this before. So that's it was, yeah, I, I mean, I just, I don't, I'm not into it enough to explore it, but okay. it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's cool. That's awesome. Uh, all right. Uh, what is the best gift that you've ever received? I would have to say that the best gift that I ever received was my birthday a few years ago when I was in New York and I was going to be in New York. It was, I can't remember if it was just before or just after my birthday, but it was around my birthday and I was going to be in New York by myself for a few days. And my husband was 
um, traveling for work and I was in New York doing a show and I flew back into New York and I was exhausted and I was like, this is the worst and I'm going to be stuck here for a couple of days. And when I got to the airport, my driver that like was picking me up from the airport was like sending me these weird messages and I was like, what is going on? This is so strange. And then um, and the driver was like, oh, I'm running late. And I was like, the driver, why could the driver come be late? I was just like losing and I'd been on a really long flight. And then the driver was like my best friend from Australia and my husband had flown her in from Australia and it was the biggest I got. It was, and she was wearing a fuchsia velvet catsuit and she had a big bow in her hair. And she was like, I'm the president, I'm the president and I'm here. And I was like, this is the greatest day of my life. And then we like spent like three days running around New York together. And then my husband came back and then I remember sitting on the couch and I made spaghetti and she was sitting on my left and he was sitting on my right and we were watching like, I think we were just watching like Midsummer Murders or some like old murder mystery English show. And I was like, this is the best. This is the best. It was the best. This, this is definitely the best, best present. Oh yeah. my God. Also a bicycle that I got when I was eight. I got a, I got my first bike and I remember that was also very, as a child, that was like. All right. A bicycle and a best friend who was the taxi driver dressed yeah. up in velvet <laughs> like with a bowl. That's amazing. Awesome. And now let's flip the coin and say, what is the best gift that you've ever given? Ooh. Hmm. Maybe I'm not very good at giving presents. That's a hard one. I, I feel well, like whatever comes some, to mind. I feel like I've done some good ones. I think I'm. I think one of my skills is my husband and me travel a lot, and I, when we very first had started seeing each other, and there was a Valentine's Day, and I didn't know. I knew he was in New York, but I didn't actually know where he was staying. I can't remember what we would. I don't know what was going on, but I remember I like had to. I'd called someone that he was working with and then I like, had to find which hotel he was staying in. And then, of course, the hotel doesn't tell you who's staying in the hotel. It's this whole thing. And then I got a fruit salad delivered to his hotel room, which was a – it took a minute to work out. I was pretty <laughs> proud of myself. I think I was more proud of myself than he was excited about the fruit salad. <laughs> oh, that's a cool – I'm like, a fruit salad? Okay. That's, that's a good gift. <laughs> awesome. Uh, okay. Morale, what is your biggest fear? I can't say it. You can't say your biggest fear. Why not? Because then it because, becomes real? Yeah, because it, beca- because it might become real. Okay. I'm just going to say it has to do with drowning and I'm going to leave it at that. But okay. I can't. Even that's just Let's creeping me out. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's not talk about that. Okay. Yeah. What is the hardest part about being a woman? I think it's that hard. I think it's the best. I'm so much happier. I, I remember being, I was talking to someone, someone about this the other day about when I was a kid and I was like, I remember I had a, I, when I was five, my younger brother was born. I remember really deeply thinking, I, I just imagine if you had been born a boy. Like I just was like, oh, I just want to be a girl. Being a girl is the best. Like I, I can't remember why it was distressing to me at the time, but I've always loved being a woman. And I think, I don't know, there are things that are hard, but I just think there's small things that are good. I couldn't say, I mean, definitely those like moments where like where your hormones are crazy and you feel all kinds of crazy and you just want to rip yourself out of your skin because you're hot and cold and sweaty and someone's driving you and you're in traffic jam and you're like, this shouldn't be that annoying, but my body's packing in on me. Um, That's annoying. Maybe that. 
Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, my next question is, what is the best part about being a woman? But I feel like... Oh, my God, everything. <laughs> everything. It's the best. I'm very biased. Yes. <laughs> biased. All right, love it. And last question of this segment is, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you about life right now and why? I'd say I'm like a solid 8. I'm, I'm always want to reserve, keep a bit of reserve there. Um, 2018... I can't, I, I can't believe we're saying that. That's so, that seems wrong. I feel like I should be saying 2006, but yeah, it's 2018. Um, we were talking about the Olympics yesterday because they're going to be in LA in 2028. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be 45 years old. We're 45 and how does that even, it just can't get my head around it, but I know it's going to happen. Like it just seems so far away. Anyway, um, yeah, 2018 is looking really good at the moment. I'm excited that I've got lots of exciting projects coming up. So I feel, you know, like now's the time to be just preparing for it. It's good. Yeah, I can definitely relate to what you're saying. Like, oh my God, I'm going to be 40. Like, I'm not thinking about 45 because I'm not 30 yet. I'm approaching 30. And you're a baby. I, I know, right? You're in Saturn Returns though. Where, how old uh, are you? Yeah, I actually had a, had a woman on my podcast. We talked about the whole fucking Saturn return thing. I'm telling <laughs> Still, you. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm there. I'm going. It's real. It's real. <laughs> that is real. Maybe real. that should have been my like woman, but it's kind of great at the same time. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, you know, I'm not even there. I feel good about being 30 because I think you're still like you. I feel like I'm going to my my climb, not climax, the, 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 the spike, yeah, the whatever. The peak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, shit, in 10 years, you're 11, I'm going to be 40. I don't, I don't even, I don't even understand. I, I can't mm-hmm. comprehend it. And then mm-hmm. I think about death and I'm like, oh my God, yeah. I better not think about it. I just pretend it's never going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Awesome. So now is the time, Arawa. Tell us who you are, where you come from, and what you do. My name is Marawa. I come from Melbourne, Australia. And I, if I have to sum it up in a sentence, I usually just say I'm a professional woman. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Besides, okay, besides your 12 Guinness World Records, uh, you know, you setting up, uh, like, You've been everywhere and you, your travels and like the amount of I've, I've researched, you know, I've read your articles and everything. And I was like, holy shit, this woman is truly amazing, truly amazing. What you have done so far and your contribution to women empowerment and how you made the hula hoop, which is like nobody cares or nobody did care about it. How it, you made it so cool and fashionable and like performing all over and having your own like troupe, the, the majorettes and having your own store. It's just, it just blows my mind. Um, but yeah, I like how humble you are and saying like, you're, I'm just a professional hula hooper. And you've been on like all of these different, um, what is it? The British, um, the British, the, the Britain's got talent yeah. and all of that stuff. And it, it's just, oh, I can't even begin, but I, I'm going to try to ask you the, all the questions that I have, probably not all. And you have like <laughs> four pairs of high heels, roller skates, and you played uh, Josephine Baker and uh, third place on Arabs got talent. And oh my goodness, I can't even, I can't even begin. But uh, <laughs> I've been mispronouncing your name uh, for the past 15 minutes, which I apologize. It's actually Marawa. <laughs> oh yeah don't worry everybody has their own version of it it's fine I'm totally chill I'm totally people get you know people get really mad about it. I'm just like 
I get it. It's Whatever. a tricky name, you know? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Okay. So, um, okay. What was it? Marwa. Marwa, tell me, um, do you feel successful and why? Um, yeah, I guess so. I, it's, it's a hard thing to measure. You know, I had a yogi tea the other day, you know, the tea that has the little quotes on it. And it said, uh, oh, crap, and I can't remember the words. It was like success, success is measured by joy or something, something to that effect. It was basically saying if you, if you find joy in your work, then that is a real measure of success mm. versus anything else. I'm absolutely butchering what the quote was. I wish I'd kept that little thing. <laughs> but it was, you know, I think, yeah, how, it depends. People have so many different definitions of success. Is it like I made a million dollars or is it like mm. I, you know, did something amazing for a community or is it just that I'm happy every day when I wake up? Like it depends what, you're, what yeah, you define so, success as. So do you feel successful? I feel like... I would have to, if, if I'm honest, I would say I'm generally a little bit frustrated, which I try not to be. I try to like, you know, keep it together and and, uh, and just get the work done and focus. But I definitely am like, ah, like you said, death is coming. We've got so much to do. Ah, I've got to like, why am I, I don't have time to have coffee with you today. I have to spend, send a hundred emails. Ah, and then you're like, wait, did I have a, on day to day, did I actually? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so yeah. trying to, you know, trying to keep the balance. I think the balance is really important. And I think I, I was talking to another performer about this, and I think if you ask anyone who's sort of in the performing world of like what I do, like freelance performance, that the real the times that we all have felt the most successful in our careers is when you're doing a mix of what I call soul destroying work and um, and then like uplifting, enjoyable work that you want to do. So it's kind of like you might be like in, for what I do, like I might be hula hooping for some awful corporate dinner, you know, and they fly you out and you do a five-minute act to a bunch of people that are having dinner that don't care at all about what you're doing, even though you're like, look at me, I'm spinning a hundred hula hoops and I'm wearing high heels, ah! And they're just like eating their food and talking to each other and you're like, oh, my God, this is so depressing but they pay you all the money in the world. And then on the flip of it, you get to like go and do, you know, we do a lot of work in London, in Dalston, the community and um, mm. doing shows or like a friend might be running a cabaret show and they'll be like, Hey, I can like pay for your taxis, but that's it. And it's like, that's cool. Like, cause I really want to do it because it's going to be a really fun show or it's going to be, you know, for a group of people that will really appreciate it. And like when you're doing a solid mix of both of those things, that to me feels like the most successful version of, of freelance performing because you're not just doing the corporate work that just like, yes, you're making a lot of money, but you're like dying inside. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then on the flip, you're not just doing all the fun cabaret shows, but you know, you can't afford to cover your rent. It's like playing that line in between. I don't know, but yeah, I think success is a, success is a very strange thing. Yeah, and you mentioned, I love this quote, I actually have it here and have a note to ask you about this, where you said, I think people get confused about needing to turn what they love into their job. It doesn't need to be that way. You can have a job that pays your bills and funds your passion rather than forcing yourself to find a way to make your passion pay. Yeah. 
Totally. So that was really interesting because I feel like, you know, my I audience. Agree, I agree with myself. You, you're true. <laughs> I figured you would. Yeah, yeah. But that was, that was a really interesting kind of because, you know, um, so many, and I love that you said that because there's, you know, the whole thing today is like follow your passion, turn your totally. passion money and all of that. It's and, bullshit. Yeah. And here you are. And I understand because like, I just imagine that you're like hula hooping, right? And then these are like rich millionaires, whatever, who pay tons of money to be somewhere and just watch your performance. But for you, like, this is your life. And mm. so, so many of us, I, I don't want to call it fooled by the idea, but I mean, I guess, I mean, there are people who are making tons of money from doing what they love, but, but I see totally, what you're Totally, but it's very, very, very rare, mm. very super rare. And I see so many people, I talk to so many people who are the other way around, who are like, you know, wanting to, yeah, do, you know, that are like struggling, literally struggling to, you know, to make, you, you know, that, that they're, you know, for whatever, whatever it is, whatever their passion is, this thing that they love doing, music, art, you know, yeah, pottery, you know, singing, fashion, all these things that like, you know, and people are like, I think we're really fed, you know, through social media, through the internet, through all these things, you know, all these sort of new technologies that we don't really understand how much of an impact they're having on our brains just yet. And I think we're fed this thing of like, you know, success is one of them. Happiness is the other one, this pursuit of happiness. Like people just being like, I need to be happy. I need to be happy. I have to get therapy because I'm not happy. I'm, I'm not happy. How do I get happy? And to be happy, you, it's that you follow your dreams and your passions and I'm following my dreams and my passions, but I'm not happy. And it's like this whole, since when was happiness the thing that like, you know, that was not the thing. People just wanted to live or survive mm -hmm. or, you know, yeah, it's really, it's, it's really interesting how you share experience because I'm thinking, you know, I'm building a, a, an online business and I'm podcasting. And actually what I love doing is being with you here right now and talking about life and womanhood mm -hmm. and like whatever. But there's there are parts in this thing that I don't like at all, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, not in the conversation, but like doing the marketing and like the website oh, yeah. and the tech oh, and yeah. all this annoying oh, thing. And yeah. I guess for you, it's the same thing where like, you do something you love. Yeah, that's your passion. But then there are things, events, whatever, that need to be done, set up in place so that you can continue doing your passion and following. Totally. Totally. There's so much behind the scenes that, you know, that, that is not fun. And mm -hmm. you can't, and I, think, and I think people think if it's not, you know, that everything has to be fun or they have to enjoy it. And if they're not enjoying it, that there's something wrong with that. And I don't, I don't think that's true. I think it's a balance. You have to grind through the hard stuff you know you've got to it depends what your end goal is and if your end goal is happiness oh my god work in a cafe well actually it depends what you like to have but like I know for me like the happiest I've been like my favorite thing is when I worked in a cafe and you know like a waitress come in, like a waitress you meet yeah. people you hang out you talk it's a great day you get paid you there's coffee you hang out it's the best, like that to me. And I mean, it sounds ridiculous, maybe, I don't know. But like, I, I know for sure, I feel like my, my future, like down the line, um, I can see myself going back to that. Like, yeah, I, I, and, then, and then when, when I talk to people about it, they're always like, oh my God, you should start a cafe. You would make the best, you could have such a cool, and I'm like, I don't want to run a cafe. I don't want to be involved in all that stuff. I just, just want to turn out. up. I just want to turn up work my shift 
and let, you know, it's like everyone has this thing that I just have their own brand. They have to start their own company. They've got to do this. You know, it's like it's a lot of work, you know, yeah. and that's fine. Like if you want it, if, as long as you're in, like, if you're in it, do it, like 100%. But I think there's a lot of disillusionment out there. Mm. And, you know, while, while you're talking about this, I'm like, you know, that's definitely not the answer that we would expect from a 12 world Guinness record holder and like <laughs> <laughs> a businesswoman. And, you know, we've been on TV and all these shows. And but that's really interesting. You know, I've, I've, I've talked to another woman. Um, she's been like uh, working on the road and uh, I've been working online, whatever, for like 12 years or something, lived in all countries, built a business. She looked at me, she's like, you know what? I just want an office job. Like, <laughs> I just want to, and I look at her and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I just want to show up at 9 a.m., yeah. sit in yeah. the office, do yeah. my job, somebody just pays me money, and I'm going to walk out at five yeah. and be yeah. done with it, you know? They did a, they did a study of uh, people that worked in all different like fields, you know, like all different types of jobs. There was this study, this amazing study they've done, and they like hooked up their like it was like the it was like the happy test, you know what I mean? Like job satisfaction, like who was the most like calm, happy, satisfied person, you know, in their job and what type of job were they doing, kind of thing. And so they, you know, they took everyone. They took, you know, they took a doctor, they took a musician, they took like a freelance person, they took all these different things. The person that came back as the like happiest, well-rounded, satisfied individual was a guy whose job was to uh, slice smoked salmon. So he would come into work, he would have a salmon in front of him, he would like, I guess, take the skin off the salmon, he took the bones out and then he sliced the salmon and then put the slices of salmon into packages and he would do like 10 salmons a day or whatever like he it's just a small amount of fish but, but it's, you know consuming sit there and the reason that they said that he was the happiest like in the results was that it was because it was a repetitive uh muscle memory mm. um skill and that it allowed his mind to be thinking about other things and but he also had the satisfaction of every time he completed the task of doing each fish and then he could go home at the end of the day and he didn't have to think about it. And I was I always think about that guy. <laughs> like, you want to cut salmon as well for a living? <laughs> I couldn't do the bit about the salmon. But I was like, I was like, but I was like, I definitely like when when I think about it with like working in a cafe or something like that, I'm like, oh yeah. It's the same thing. Like you leave it at work at the end of the day. Um, I love talking to people, so it's like, you know, it's a repetitive process of what you're doing. I'm like, yeah. This is, I think if you want, if you want happiness, just purely happiness, you know, and for some people, happiness involves having other types of successes or like, you know, furthering your education or like achieving certain milestones and, you know, that's fair enough. But, uh, yeah, but it's very really interesting, like how the whole world right now, especially in female empowerment is talking about, you know, being the boss and like, oh God, everyone's on about it. Yeah, the nine to five. I never forget being in a meeting, which was with a big women's media organization, and they were like, last year, don't forget, it was all about power. But this year, it's all about empowerment. And I was like, oh, 
gosh, get me out of here. I was like, I'm so over it. I'm like, nothing's changed. Women are still having babies, going to work, doing, you know what I mean? It's like this is this whole thing of having like a hot moment of everyone being like, feminism, wow. It's like, no, 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 this is just how it needs to be <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to live my life, you know, just continue with my work, doing what mm-hmm. I love, you know, mm-hmm. doing my thing and like whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm so over it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, which brings me to another question about womanhood and femininity. So ma- ma- Marawa, I always want to say Marawa for some reason. Don't worry. It's like, because it's like Tamara. You oh, know, it's Tamara. Right. It's Can the I same spelling. <laughs> so Tamara, and then you would go right. Marawa. That's Marawa. what people do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There's way Australia. Marawa. Marawa. Right. Marawa. So, <laughs> what is femininity for you? Life. That's how it is. I, I think actually, when I looked at this question, I was thinking um, that fit like at least for me in my work, like I feel that my way of portraying femininity is that like what I do is very physical. It requires a lot of strength. Um, but then I still really love to do it with some really nice, uh, false eyelashes and some nice pair of high heels. I love that metaphor. That's that's amazing. You don't need to say anything else. I think <laughs> I think everybody understands that. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, but it's not like I I really hate the like like my I'm having a big uh, gripe at the moment with you know I go to the basketball a lot in LA and it's really blowing my mind every time I go to a match. Like, I mean, I've been going for years, but I don't know what, I don't know exactly what I do. I do know exactly what set me off, but it's too long to go into. But, but basically just the, like the way that women are represented in, in the NBA, which is obviously not the women's league, but you know, when you go to the basketball, it's like anyone, any, any woman you see in a basketball, it's like, Woo, I'm a cheerleader and I've got like half a skirt on or I'm a dancer and when I come out to dance, that's when you walk off and have a break and no one even is watching but I'm smiling and I'm waving and it's like, what is this? Like, what, why is this happening? You know, this doesn't need to, like, this is so depressing and like, you know, to that like, you know, the, you know, the sort of, the idea of like a woman in high heels is weak or like, that are, you know, the showgirls are like pretty but they don't do, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I can do all the stuff you're doing and I can do it in a pair of high heels. And, you know, it's like, it's about, it's the common, it's, it's, it's showing that there's still strength, which I think yeah. is Yeah, and you really know, my, mm, my message with girl skill is actually to show that femininity is power, that we mm. don't need, you know, we can be our full self, womanhood, what you're talking about, eyelashes, heels, skirts, long skirts, dresses, whatever, and we can still do it you know we can still achieve what we want but we don't need to be men and we don't need to do it in the same way that totally for example men and, and yeah and then and then at the same time that you know that you don't have to do that that you that you know if you don't want to wear makeup if you don't want that's fine too like it doesn't you know what i mean that shouldn't be it's the pressure like that's the thing that that bugs yeah. me like i do it because i want to do it not because 
I feel that I have to do it that yeah, way. And something you said that was really interesting, you know, this whole cheerleading culture. Um, mm. So I was a high school exchange student when I was 17. I went to the U.S., I won a competition, and then I lived in the U.S. in Virginia uh, for about a year. And like, I didn't know what was cheerleading because I, I only saw it in movies and I thought it was unreal. Mm-hmm. It's like when you grow up in yeah. an Eastern European country, everything on TV is unreal. It just doesn't yeah. exist. And then yeah. you land in a country and you're like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. The houses are actually th- th- like there's an American flag in every house. And yes. Why do they love the flag so much? <laughs> they put the flag everywhere. My it's brother came to it's <laughs> yes. to New York and he's like, He's, he's 10 years younger than me and uh, he came to New York and he just like, he'd come from the airport and we like met him in town. He was like, what's with the flags? He's like, he's like I get it. I'm in America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this whole cheerleading thing, I'm like, you know, when you watch movies, as I was, she was watching movies as a teenager, like it made sense. It was fun, whatever. And then I show up and we went actually to a big football game, whatever. And I'm like, what's, what is this? Honestly, I, I, did, I never understood. And it was such a huge, huge industry of like during the break, there's literally this girl and it's like a sport. Like it's a huge thing, right? Like there's girls who are doing it for years. And I never, and then I, never I never got it. I'm like, what's the big deal? It's like. And the, and the thing, the thing that's so upsetting to me about the cheerleading is that like the skills that those girls are doing and the guys and the catchers, the skills are absolutely crazy like they're incredible skills like they're insane athletes they're they're amazing but they come out the way it's structured into things like the nba it's just like no one it's like that it's that thing of the it's like when you have a car and then you have like a girl in a dress going like look at the car like it's this like what is happening like why Mm, it's like an accessory so to say it's yeah it's like this accessory thing that's like this is this is crazy like i just kept thinking like when I go to the games now and I look around and like there was a girl sitting next to us last time we were there. She was probably 10 and she was like, she had a little clipper. She was like super into the clippers and she was so excited. And I was like, what's going on in her mind? Like what does she, how does she see this? You know, like this is, this is not, I, I think like the way I grew up, like there was no, I don't remember at any point, you know, and maybe that's, maybe I'm just, you know, maybe it's a, it's a, uh, you know, and I'm like um, sugarcoating like the fantasy of it, of my childhood or whatever. But I don't remember ever feeling that like that women had a role in that way or that we, you know, that mm. we were meant to do things in a certain way. Definitely when I got a bit older, I did. And that's immediately when I started rebelling against that idea. But like, but, but watching this like girl at the game, I was like, and then seeing other kids, I'm like, what, what do you see the, you know, when I, if I look at this, I'm like, okay, so the men play the sport and everybody loves the men and what the men are doing and then then literally like at the halftime or like when they need a break they send out these girls and then you watch the majority of the audience go oh okay now I'll go to the bathroom and we'll get a hot dog or like walk away and it's like oh but the girls are like hi like smiling it's it's very I don't know I'm still 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get that. I get that. I, I understand. And, and I, I see how strongly you feel about this. And therefore, you've written a whole book, The Girl Guide, that we're going to talk yeah. about uh, towards <laughs> the end of the interview, which is incredible. As I told you, like I looked through and I'm, I'm so bummed that there is no Kindle copy yet. But I mm-hmm. hope, but for everyone listening, you should definitely check out Marwa, Marwa's book. Um, so Mar- Marwa, everybody's like waiting. I'm like, Anna, okay, this is great. Like amazing conversation. But like, can we get to the Guinness World Records, please? Because like, <laughs> okay, this is a big deal. And you probably, Marwa, you talked about it for like, I don't know how many times. But um, okay, so my question about that is that from the different articles I read, and I'm assuming that is simply because the articles were written in different years so in some articles it says you have nine world guinness records um some say 11 some 12 but i think that the highest number that i read is actually 12 so i want yeah. <laughs> is that correct to this day 12, 12 is the official confirmed current total yes, yes there you yes, go yes. up until up until now up until today yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> okay yeah. so can can you name them for me do you remember them all, all 12 well, I mean, yeah, it's gonna take it's gonna take a minute. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. I'm writing this down. Let's go. Okay, I'm gonna go in order as I remember them. Which I'm starting with my favorite one: most hoops spun by an individual, 200 hoops; fastest mile run whilst hula hooping, eight minutes; most hoops suspended in the air. I think I think I'm up to 60 on that one. Furthest, uh, fastest hundred meters in high heel roller skates. Fastest, fastest? No, no. Most hoops spun whilst wearing high heel roller skates. You see, they start getting really obscure. Most hoops spun by a group of ten, which was me and the majorettes. Uh, furthest distance splitting three hula hoops on the body whilst wearing high heel roller skates, and it was like I can't remember. I was like. 80 meters or something. It was like in a studio in Italy for an Italian TV show. Very funny. Uh, um, ooh. Okay, you've got, Crap, you've got four more. I've got, uh, oh my gosh. Is there something about pilaf in there? No, that was, I was hosting. <laughs> I did, I did host the Guinness Book. Guinness Book of World Records official attempt in Uzbekistan for the world's largest plov, which I kept saying was like a pilaf, but I got in a lot of trouble from locals. But that's what they put on my sheet to say. So, well, I mean, it is English, it, English name. I, I love plov yeah. because, you know, plov's that's great. Couple, yeah. Do you know how many people ate the plov? I know because I've done my research, 20,000. 20,000 people <laughs> ate the plot. It was crazy. It was one of the craziest trips I've ever been on. And then so you met funny. Steven Seagal on the trip, right? Yes. Steven Seagal was like a national hero in Uzbekistan. And I was like, what is happening? And then, and then Steven Seagal was like, he was like, show, he was like showing me how he could like not punch me in the face by trying to, and I was like, okay, this is, it was, it was a lot. We talked, Steven Seagal is really into guns. It was a very strange trip. I was, it was very strange. Yeah. Um, when I, you know how I saw that? I saw that because there was an article that said, okay, there were two things that, which I was like, what is that? The first one is like your playlist on Spotify, uh, which has six songs, which are awesome. And I listened to some of them. I was like, okay, that's great. And then the second one the, is, sorry? What was the playlist for? I don't know. It just says, <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> I was like, uh, that's a bit random, but. 
you know, knowing uh, Marawa. No, I make all sorts of weird playlists in Spotify. <laughs> I'm going to find I'm it fine. right now. But but uh, let me tell you the other thing. The other thing was like, click here. Uh, what has Mara- Marawa uh, searched? Uh, what was her most recent Google <gasps> search? And I was like, what the hell? And of course I went to that because I was like a podcaster and host. And, <laughs> and the word was plov. <laughs> No way. Oh, my God. I have to find out how to take that setting off. Well, I wonder what else I've searched. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell is that? Like, is this real? You know, so I'm not sure. I can send you the article if you want so that you can like talk to the guys, whatever. I, I'm not even but I thought it was hilarious. And then somewhere, I think on your pictures, library, I saw that you went to Uzbekistan. And that's when I connected the two. I'm like, of course, you're searching for Plov because yeah. she's going to I had to search for Plov. I had to, I needed to know what I was in for. I know, right? And like, <laughs> I was like, that's hilarious. Oh my God. Anyway, so the playlist is called Marwa Wamps Playlist. And there's like five songs in it. I have no idea what this is, but I'll send, and it's like from 2009. Brilliant. So I'll send that to you. And I mean, I don't know, it's great. We'll, we'll link Fabulous. to it. I love that you're finding all these things I didn't even know about. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm so excited. I'm like, this is amazing. You know, I go to your, like, some of the most bizarre pictures and experiences you had and in the circus and everything. That's crazy. But Mara, let's get back. Can you remember at least two of the four World Guinness records? Oh, my God. It's terrible, isn't it? Okay, hang on. They're all connected to like hula hoops and roller skates, and yeah, they're all connected to hula hoops and roller skates. Ah, Okay, all right. Um, We did suspended. We did. It's fine then, because I thought, oh, maybe you know. Oh, oh, oh! I know what they are. I know what they are. Yeah, Um, I know what they are. It's it's there for. There's also. Haha. Here we go. Fastest hundred meters running with a hula hoop. Fastest fifty meters running with a hula hoop. They're both for TV shows, and then fastest 100 metres in high heel roller skates, splitting three hoops on the body, but that was a timed record. That was a speed speed record. I think that's the rest of them. Oh, wow. There are all variations on a thing. I, I kind of lost way. count because there's too many fastest, highest, uh, <laughs> you know, on this and that. That's just crazy. So it seems like you've like reversed engineered the whole process on how to get the most amount of world records on hula hoops and like combine <laughs> the speed, the length, and then the number of ho- hoops in there. Well, a lot of them, a lot of them were existing records because they have um, all these, or they have all these like. For for all things, like they'll have the same for like pogo sticking or like uh, jump mm. rope or like you know, there's lots and lots of divisions for. It's not just like there's one world record for um, riding a unicycle. There'll be like a hundred different variations of records. So once I started doing the hoop ones, I was like trying to find all different, you know, yeah. you know, because there's like and that's like the running is a perfect example. Like there's fifty meters, there's hundred meters, there's a mile, there's five kilometers, mm-hmm. there's 10 kilometers, there's half marathon, there's full marathon, there's like all the different divisions. Yeah. So, so how did you, how does one, how, okay, you're like the first alive person that I'm, well, I guess I haven't met any dead people who hold the record, but like mm-hmm. you're the first real person I'm talking to who actually holds a Guinness record in, in something. Uh, so how does one, you know, get a world, world record and how did you... Do you, me- do you remember when we were talking before about like how it's like the glamorous side of your job and then there's like all the admin and the website and all that crap in the background. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the same. Getting a world record is kind of the same. Like you have 
the record. Like you're like, okay, I can spin more hoots than anyone else. And then it's like, I want to make it official. So then it's like, okay, you have to apply to Guinness. It's, I don't want to actually make it sound complicated. It's, it's very doable and it's not, it doesn't cost you anything, but you have to do a lot of paperwork. So you have to go on the Guinness Book of World Records website. You have to set up an account. You have to apply for the record, say why you want to do it, fill in the thing. Then you wait and then they write back to you. I think they, I think it's either three to six months they have to write back to you. So it can, that's why it can take a long time. You can pay to speed it up, but otherwise you can just wait. So they'll say yes or no, you're approved to attempt the record because, like, they don't want you to do anything crazy. Like, I'm going to try and hold my breath. They're like, mm, don't do that. <laughs> so they'll say, yeah, you're approved to try the record. Um, here are the guidelines. Uh, so you get the guidelines and then that, that's like reading a crazy contract. You know, you, you can do this, but you can't do that. You have to do this, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Must be like this, must measure like this, you have to do this. And then you have to like film it, but you have to film it from like three different angles. You have to get photographs taken. You have to have a witness. You have to have an expert in the field. So like for me with the hooping records, like I had a girl who was like a world champion rhythmic gymnast. So it's like obviously there's hula hoops and gymnastics. So she was like the hoop expert. And then I had like a policeman and the policeman came and then like we did, you know, you have to measure all the hoops and then all this kind of, you have to film it. It's got to be in slow motion. It's got to be, HD footage, then you have to like send all the footage, send all these other forms, get the witnesses to sign all these statements, send all of that back to Guinness. And then again, you have to wait and then hope that you didn't miss something. And then hope. Yeah, because they can write back and be like, oh, you didn't send the angle from behind. It's like, you know, ah, Uh like so um, it's all of that's really very very legit it's no joke it's not like an e- and then once you've done all of that then if you're lucky then they say yay you got the world record and it goes on the website and then they send you a certificate and then you are officially amazing <laughs> <laughs> you are officially amazing <laughs> and that's i love that they write it on the it says at the end of the email it says congratulations you are officially amazing i'm always like yay <laughs> that is that is officially like the, the official of official uh, officially amazing uh, statements or like certifications or whatever and so you yeah. went through all of this let's talk about your first one was your first one where you did like 200 of hoops yeah it was more than 200 when i did it it was i had i had been trying to do it since it was 99 and people kept bumping it up and so it was 99 i thought i really wanted to get 100 because i was like 100 is such a like beautiful clean number like 100 hoops would be so cool and then someone did like 107 oh. and then I was like, all right. So then I was like trying to do 110 and then someone did like 114 and I was like, oh, okay. And then some annoying guy, no, he's not annoying. I've never met him, but I'm sure he's very sweet, but he did 132 and I was like, what? I was like 132. I was like, no one's got a chance. And so then I sort of sat on it for a bit and then, and then I moved to America and I was doing a show in New York for six months and I was like, all right, I'm going to be here for six months. I'm going to get this damn record. And so I like ordered all these new hoops and I like trained every day. Da, 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 da. And, then I, and then I was like, I'm going to make, I'm going to do so many. And then I was like, I'm going to do 160 just to completely. <laughs> like, completely be officially amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many, so, hours, how many hours did you train every day? Um, it wasn't really hours. It was more just about 
doing it and I didn't I sort of did it every second day because it's it's very heavy so I had to like give my body time to recover mm. between uh between training but it was yeah, it was, it was I mean it had been a lot I mean obviously I'm hooping every day in the show so I was always training a little bit but it was just yeah refocusing that it took a few months okay so you got the 160 then you applied and yeah how, how did you feel when you knew you could do it and when you were applying um I really love I mean obviously it's still very complicated because you have to get all the people and everything together but because it's video there's a pressure that's not there that I I personally maybe this should have been on my biggest fear list but um I am I fall apart when things are live so like mm. live television any time where it's like this is your one chance, oh. you get one shot, like you know that whole yeah. I fall apart, can't do it. And so, it, like I've done a few records like on live TV, and I mean I've got them. So, but they have just nearly killed me with stress because <laughs> I get so nervous. I get so nervous because it's like you know they're like. You know, 30 million people watching live and she's going to attend. And I'm like, oh, God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I can't. Yeah. But whereas with a video, it's like, well, if you stuff it up, then you can just reset the whole thing. Yeah, you could you do can, it again. Yeah, you could have another shot. Um, yeah, so it's a little, there's something a little less stressful about it. Um, but, and then, of course, when I do it on video, I'm fine. I just get it straight away because I'm, I'm more relaxed. But it's, it's thinking about that one shot that, that makes it stressful. Yeah, and so, but okay. So let's go from the beginning. What gave you an idea that like you could even do this? You could even apply because I think most people. I, I mean, what's I really thinking. amazing about you is that most people would never think about anything like that. But you, you did think, and you did. I do don't know. It. I think no. I think everybody thinks about it. Yeah, I think everybody thinks about it when they're a kid because, and that was my thing. Like I had had the book as a kid, and I just thought the Guinness Book of World Records was the greatest. I just thought it was most incredible. I mean, you know, it was pre-internet, pre-YouTube, like when I was growing up and it was like, you know, there was this book that came from England and you would open it up and there were photos, colour photos of people in the world. It was like, and it was a real global moment. Like these are people from all around the world who have these crazy, amazing skills. And here's a book with pictures of them. And not only like here's the tallest man and here's like things like that, which are just obviously like just body things that were incredible. But then it was like the skills, like people that had these, you know, that dedicated their lives to these one skills. And I was just like, this is, these are the most incredible people in the world. And when I grow up, I want to be, you know, it's like, you know, you're a kid, it's like you're reading through being like, how can I get in the record book? There's got to be a record. I can, you know, try to find one that you think you could do. And, you know, of course you set up some obstacle course in the house and of course it's just impossible, but you know, it just felt so impossible and so unachievable. And then I think fast track sort of 20 years later when I'm, you know, realizing that I'm becoming a hula hooper full time, which doesn't, you don't just sort of wake up and go, hmm, I think my career, like I didn't have, I was, it was very much, people were always like, how did you know the, and I was like, I didn't, like I didn't realise that that was what was happening until I sort of looked back and was like, you know, looked at my last three years worth of tax returns and was like, oh, I guess I'm a hula hooper now. Um, <laughs> Professionally. Yeah. yeah. And, then, um, and then I was like, oh, 
remember that remember that book that you're obsessed with and there's like records and now that you're the hula hooper like maybe you should get the hoop records and so that's sort of what what inspired me and sort of um made me want to do that yeah and so do you have all of the books like what was the, describe me the so moment where guinness, you your do you know what you know my favorite fact about guinness guinness world record offices are not listed because they don't want crazy people because they get crazy people coming to the office. They're like, look, I can eat a spider. You know, they don't want, it's kind of like, it's like a little secret service, but because I've worked with them a lot, I've been to the offices in New York and I've been to the offices in London and I am that person that they kind of like, I know that I'm that person. Cause like, you know, cause I, I've worked with them. So then I'm always like, Hey guys, what about this? can we do this? Hey, what about this? Like, I know I'm that annoyed because I'm just like obsessed with them. And every time I go to either place, I'm like, Hey, can I come visit the office? Can I just come and say hi? What's happening? And I always steal, they have these mugs that have like, it's like a, it's like a coffee mug and it has officially amazing and the logo on it. And I always steal one because I'm like this, like, cause they don't, they used to back in the day, they used to have a merch shop for, for Guinness world records. And so you could, if you got a world record, you could like get a tracksuit that said like a Guinness world record holder, which I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I need that tracksuit so bad that they don't have them anymore. They don't have a, they don't have any merch, but they have the mugs at the, at the office. So I always steal the mug. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious yeah. and so so did you get a book so like tell I me get the books I st- I'm like I don't steal the books but I'm always like can I have another book like that you know because they have I I would like to get I would really like to get the back catalog you know what I mean like get all the Guinness Book of World Records right back to the beginning because there's some really rare ones like yeah you know, started but they but they weren't really fun until they started having all the photos they didn't always have photos but yeah, I'd love to get. So, what get was that moment them. where you get your first, uh, you know, Guinness uh, book, uh, world record Guinness book, and you open it, and there you are in the picture, like you thought? You yeah, but no, but that's, but that's. I mean, getting the record is one thing because there's like, I'm gonna get this is gonna be wrong, but I can't remember if it's like fifty or like there's a hundred thousand records or like there's so many records, right? But there's only five or ten thousand in the book. I know that's a big difference, five or 10,000, mm-hmm. but it's, there's, there's only a very small percentage that make it into the book. And then there's only a really, really small percentage that get a photo. So when I got a, when they told me I was getting a photo in the book, I was just like, oh my goodness, this is like, that's it. it. I'm done. I'm retiring. I've that's made not, it. This is, I'm going to go to work it. as a waitress. Yeah. I'm going back to the cafe. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Totally. Wow. Awesome. All right. So let's step away from, from the world records. Um, and, oh man, I, I, I want to ask you so many questions, you know, but like really what, so when I watch you, cause I watch a lot of videos and I'm like, oh my goodness, not just my body like moves and maybe that's <laughs> and I go like, mm. people always do that. It's so really? funny watching. Really? Yeah. 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 My favorite thing. And I can almost, it's hard for me to do it when I'm actually doing the show because I'm trying to be obviously doing my show, but it, but definitely if I'm not doing, if I'm watching like when the majorettes were my hoop troupe, when they're performing and I watch the audience and the whole audience is like going, it's like moving, like doing oh little circles. God. Like they can't. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. yeah because it's, it's mesmerizing. So you like watch it and you know, you watch your body and I'm like, what's, what's going on? And then, you know, my waist start kind of circling mm-hmm. around and all that. So what, what is really the secret to hula hooping? And, and, and I guess like, 
through your bio, you say that your mother always encouraged you, and I know that she was a big role model for you, always encouraged you to do sports and everything. And you actually ended up doing a bachelor's degree in, mm-hmm. uh, let me see, trapeze. What was it? Trapeze acrobatics. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, circus arts. Bachelor's. Circus arts. How does that, okay, what is a bachelor's degree in circus arts? <gasps> Again, like our thing before, it's not just, clown school and being like (laughs) we did circus history we did circus culture we did business we did anatomy and physiology we did like all the behind the scenes stuff as well so yeah it's a it's a proper degree it's not I mean we trained a lot like Mm. you know we did a lot of physical training but um but we also had a lot of theory lectures and stuff like that that is really interesting. So what is the secret to hula hooping? How did you get into that? Because I'm looking at your body and like I can do like maybe 10 seconds. No, 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 no. It's, no, 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 no. it's very, there's a very simple thing that everybody forgets or, or that it, it makes sense. It's going to make sense as soon as I tell you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm ready. Okay. I should have bought a hula hoop. <laughs> well, that, well, that, but that is where you go wrong. That is where everyone goes wrong. Everybody oh, okay. goes to like a Walgreens or like a 99 cent store yeah. at some point in their adult life and they pick up a hula hoop and they go, hey, look at me. Remember when we used to do this at school? And then they like start spinning the hoop and then it falls on the floor and they're like, what? Oh my God. Oh my God. My childhood is gone. I mean, what happened? I'm an adult now. There's nothing fun left in my life. Everything is over. I used to be a kid and I could hula hoop in the playground and now my life is just boring admin office. Oh, like my childhood is dead. Everybody has this moment, right? Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something. You are a lot taller than when you were five or six years old and that hula hoop from Walgreens or the 99 cent store is designed for a five or six-year-old. You're tall now. You need an adult size hula hoop. And guess what? If you get an adult size hula hoop, hoopermarket.com, uh, just put a little plug in there, um, you will find that if you can, and then the only thing then that happens is that most people will pick up the adult size hula hoop and they're like, look, I can't do it. I tried. And then they spin it and they're like, oh my God, I'm doing it. I am a child. I'm happy. My, my childhood isn't over. Everything's fine. Ah. Like, most people have that moment and then occasionally what happens is if you have an overthinker, which is another, you know, symptom of being an adult and you think about it too much, then it takes a little bit longer. But in general, um, uh, we have a hundred percent success rate in our classes in London. Like everybody gets it by the end because it's, you just need a bigger hoop. It's not you. Don't worry. I'm just laughing my ass off here the whole time. Because you're like, you dumbass, you're taller. You're not a fucking child anymore. No, but, but, it, but, it, but it's just a, it's a really simple mistake. It's a really simple mistake that people think and they, they're, they're like, oh, no, I've tried it. I can't do it. And everybody says that to me. They're like, oh, no, I can't, I can't do it. How do you do it? I can't do it anymore. I used to be able to when I was a kid, but now, now I'm a boring adult and I can't hula hoop anymore. And I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. Don't worry. You just need a bigger hoop. And they're just like, no, 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 And I'm like, okay. And I mean, I'm a lot less nice to people now because I'm so sick of hearing the same story over again. I'm like, listen, are you done? Try this one. And then they're like, oh my God, I can do it. Oh, I love it. What do you think is about the hula hoop actually? That's like, 
you're right. It's, and you know, I'm into this creativity and when did we grow up so far? Everybody's so damn serious all the time. You know what I mm. mean? And I love that we're just laughing with you and you don't take yourself seriously or life seriously, but you're going for it, right? And like, yeah. you made this amazing, like world Guinness records and a teaching school and a band and like, it's crazy. And so what do you think is about the, that hula hoop? That's like, is it just the, the circle? Is it like the motion? Is it fun? Like, what is it that really excites uh, everyone? Uh, back? People don't move anymore. Mm. And, and I think also there's a thing about like, you know, people that, people that don't move, you know, people that don't have a sort of active side to their life or like a, you know, they're not out doing salsa dancing classes or Zumba or whatever, or you know, people that have a physical um, shyness. Um, the hula hoop, because of what it is, it's a, it's a, it's an excuse. <laughs> it's an excuse to move your hips. <laughs> and so it's like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the movement because I'm trying to keep the object in the air. So it's fine for me to be doing this, you know? And so people start spinning it and then moving the hips around a circle and it makes them put their arms in the air. And then it's just, ha it's happy. Like you can't get mad at a hula hoop. That's, that's my favorite thing about them is that I've been, you know, to countries or to places where, you know, you just think, ooh. Like I remember I got stuck once in India. I was actually in, and I wasn't in India, I was in Nepal. Um, I'd come through India, but I'd, I, um, I was in Nepal and I had, a, I had a huge bag of hoops and the customs people were like, no, absolutely not. She's not going, no, we're going to keep her in this room. She, this, what is she doing? She's importing pipes. He kept saying, pipe, pipe. She's importing pipe. And I was like, it's not a pipe. Just get, just let me get one hoop. Out. No, 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 no. And I thought, oh, here we go. And I mean, I've been to lots of places, but, you know, it was this, you know, it was a long day. I'll put it that way. But finally we cut the bag open and we got a hoop out and not, I did I never do it. I always give it to someone and I gave it to one of the sort of guys that was working in the airport and they were all, it went, the mood went from this like interrogation room kind of, you will never enter the country. And then the guy just put the hoop around his waist <laughs> and started spinning it. And that was it. It was, it was Christmas. We were having a party. Everyone was like, hey, it's just like the best thing ever. And I was like, oh yeah, this thing, we know what, it's like a universal, like everybody, everybody, everybody's happy. There's one guy also at the Eurostar in Paris. He's on the Paris side. And every time I, I have to check my hoops in, in this like oversized luggage bit in Paris. And he, there's one guy, every time I'm there, he sees me coming, he puts his hands behind his head and he starts doing the circles with his hips. And he, every time I come there, he has to have a go. I have to like open the bag. And he's like, shows his friends. He's like, look at me, look at me. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. You can't get mad at it. Oh, you can't. Yeah. And it's such a fun, it's, it's just fun. You know, I was mm -hmm. looking at, so while researching, like the, preparing for this interview, I was just smiling the whole time. I think people just thought I was crazy or like watching some, whatever, <laughs> like watching you and doing all these things. And like, what's the deal with rollers? What's the deal with high heeled roller skates? I mean, have you ever heard of a more beautiful concept? Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, it's I'm, combining two of the greatest things ever made, <laughs> roller skates and high heels. I know, but it just sounds so bizarre. That should have been what I said when you said, what are you leaving the world? What are all you right, leaving? Right. Whatever the, it is, I'm leaving. Beautiful things together. The high I'm heels. leaving four pairs of the most beautiful roller skates ever seen. Yeah. yeah. How did you come up with that? Because that's your own invention, correct? Yeah, there was actually, I mean, people have made weird versions of them, you know. Like um, there's Any time there's like on this one gold skate from like the 50s, I think it's like it was a cover of a magazine maybe, and it was like a shoe and they'd put like, you know, it's totally fake. Like they'd put a, a wheel under the, she's got, it's got one wheel I think on the heel and then two on the toes or something like that. Yeah. Anytime that picture goes around Pinterest or Facebook, you know, I guess a thousand tags. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Like, yes, yes, I've seen um, And I had, I ro- I've been roller skating since I was two, so I've like, I know, I like skating second nature. Two. Yeah, little mini, mini, mini do diamonds. Do they make, wait, do they that, make skates like that? Like Of course, one? of course. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's the best Your time to start. Your mom must be the, like the best woman my, in the world. She's the bomb. My mom's the best. She's genius. Oh, my God. We still go skating together. She's, oh. she's really into rollerblading. She's like, she's a big rollerblader now. <laughs> What's roller? Says, what's ro- oh, rollers is rollerblading. Like ro- yeah, one row. One row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she can go real fast. You know what? Skating, like uh, rollerblading and skating, is like. I used to love it, and I and I and I couldn't afford a pair because I grew mm-hmm. up in Eastern Europe, like the poorest yeah. country in, in Europe, whatever. And they were like ten dollars or something. Easy. Yeah, and we couldn't afford them and I used to borrow them from my rich friends. And, uh, I think I, and like, we used to wear all, all of, there was one pair for the whole like yard. So maybe mm-hmm. like 50 girls, whatever. And we all like passed them around and it was the yeah. best thing ever, especially the gel, uh, rollers, you know, they were like green or silver. Yeah. And I've done it a couple of times and now isn't it, I'm like a 30 year old woman and like my dreams. Okay. So I have two things that are, that I'm going to get as soon as I settle. Cause I'm like traveling around like a crazy woman. The first one is roller skates mm-hmm. and the second one is a sewing machine. So oh, I, yeah. Sewing machine is a real sign that you settled down. Oh, there you go. Yeah, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you can really kind of carry with you, I suppose. And my husband looks at me like I'm a crazy woman. And I'm just like, you don't understand. Like, <laughs> this stuff is magical. And so, wow. Okay. And then, so, so you, you have the, the high heels <laughs> skates. And are you selling them in your store as well? No. And I get about 100 emails a day. No, I don't get 100. But I definitely get messages every day. Where can I buy the skates? Where can I buy the skates? Where can I buy the skates? But yeah. the thing is, is that like, the skates cost me each pair have cost like all up, all in from top to bottom. It's like 3000 pounds and people just go, what? Like, but it's like, you got to get the shoes, the shoes. I've been really lucky with a couple of pairs of the shoes, but like the shoes are really expensive because I get. Because they're custom made, right? Well, no, the shoes aren't custom, but they are general. I, I got an expensive shoe. Uh, I, taste I like I like yeah, yeah I like it I like a nice heel so and also you need a really good one because it's mm. got to be able to withstand also so you so your shoes are very expensive and then the woman that makes the frames for me she has to um she has to make as either steel or titanium frame from scratch to match the uh to match the mm-hmm. shoe so she has to build a frame and 
put it into the shoe and that's like a whole thing. And then you have to buy either the plates or just buy a pair of roller skates. And sometimes it's actually cheaper to buy the roller skates because the plates are really expensive. And then you just take the frames off the skates and then you have to cut the frames, which obviously is cutting steel or titanium. So that's like you need a machine for that. And then you have to cut it down and then remold it and then you have to have that welded to the frames that have been welded into the shoes. It's it sounds job. like you were really involved in the whole process of making them. Oh uh, no, not at all, but I know how I know how it gets done. Yeah, no, I just send it all. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I don't know how to do it. But yeah. the woman that does it is amazing. She can do anything. Oh, um, I love that. Okay, so it basically like it's not a sound business idea. So. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I'd love to I'd love to find a way. I was actually this earlier this morning talking to one of two skate brands that I'm talking to um about it because I I think there's a version out there that we could make that and the other thing is that you you just couldn't sell them because they're just impossible to skate in. Like I can make it work mm-hmm. for a video or for you know yeah. for a short amount of time, but can I skate all day in them? Not, you know, no. <laughs> I don't go to the they're, rink they're and just strong. like, hey. Yeah, I'm, I usually um, I usually skate in my regular skates. But I think it could be cute to make a, like a smaller heel version. That would, yeah, you know, yeah, that would be great. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Like there's many, many videos of you skating in them and you've actually, you're like you're holding world records skating and doing hula hooping and all of these things. have skates. very strong ankles, I'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. Okay, so let's talk about uh, your projects, actually. So one of the biggest things, so you're not, you right now, okay, so correct me if I'm wrong, you have been kind of, in, you have turned hula hooping um, into like a, like, a, like a class, like a fitness class, where you say, and I never actually thought about this, but you were like, that's a really good ab exercise. And you're like, in, what is it, like an ab commercials and stuff like that, where you're just like, you know, acting oh, yeah. out or whatever. And so you've called them hoop tone, where mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a class. And I think currently it's in the US and London, where people mm-hmm. can go and take classes where they learn how to hula hoop. Mm-hmm. And then what do you do after? So like, okay, you, you learn, so, so do you do like different acrobatics and all of that? And what does it do to your body? So it's like a full workout or what is involved? Hooping is the greatest workout of all time. I know I'm a little bit biased, but let me break it down. Just a bit. It's the 21st century. No one has any time. <laughs> no one has, uh, you know, the energy to be, you know, you know, I used to do a lot of Bikram and it was like back mm-hmm. when I was having a lot of time in my life, you know, hour and a half of yoga, shower, Bikram yoga, it, you know, like it's, yeah, studio, hot, yeah, like hot yoga, but like no one's got time. Like we need to get like zip, zip, zip. We need to get stuff done. That said, we also are spending so much time sitting down, cars, laptop, blah, blah, blah. Hula hooping, you're standing up, you have great posture. Um, this is all if you're doing it the way we teach it. <laughs> right. And it's an exercise that's basically like doing sit-ups but standing up. It accesses your core. And women in particular have a really hard time actually using their core. We're always, everyone's like, core, workout, and blast, blah, blah, blah. But it's like no one's actually using their core muscles. And this is something I found out when I was like 27 is that I'd never actually used one iota of my abs. I've been using my legs and my arms and all these other muscles which were already developed um, because your body's really good at tricking itself. 
So if there's a way that your body can use a bigger, easier muscle uh, to do the exercise, it will, um, which means that you're not getting the actual workout that you're trying to if you're focusing on doing core work. You know, and I used to do planks and dishes and all this stuff in gymnastics, but really I was just using my glutes and my arms. Like there was no actual abs. Um, and so I worked for a long time with two different physiotherapists to work out um, how to tweak the exercises that I was doing to make it really focused on the core um, and core muscles, you know, I'm like, I'm so, I'm such a like core person now because I really understand it in a way that I didn't before, um, which is that it's a very small but important group of muscles that literally change your entire posture and change where your impulse comes from and all your movements throughout the day, how you carry things, kick things, jump up and down. If it's led from your core, it just, everything's aligned. It's great for your structure. It's great for your strength, um, for your whole body to protect your spine. Um, but it's so hard to access and so hard to build up when you don't have any core. And most of us don't have any core at all. Um, you know, that's why Pilates is so popular because it's, it's a very, for women, you need to have a very low impact exercise. You need a very simple exercise to get you started on growing your core muscles. And guess what? That's what a hula hoop does. Mm-hmm. Um, so we teach a particular way to stand and hold your body and these exercises that break it right back down to just using those core muscles. And I do a lot of work with hula hoopers who have been hooping for years and are injured as a result because hula hooping, when you think about it, it's only going in one direction. And a lot of hoopers teach to stand one foot in front of the other, um, but immediately you're just taking yourself out of your centre. You're not balanced Mm -hmm. anymore. You've got more weight on one leg and you're really just twisting your hips and you're not actually doing any work. Whereas we stand with our feet parallel um, in a strong position uh, and using just our core muscles like belly button sucked into the spine and using just your abs to push the hoop to, as the speed. And we, and we go left and right. We go in both directions. And really, ultimately, once you get that core muscles, uh, your, your core muscle base, it doesn't matter if you're going to the left or the right because the movement is front to back and, you're, and every movement is just like you're doing a sit-up. And you can do it in the morning, five minutes, and honestly, if you do five minutes in the morning, you will feel it throughout the day. It, you, it wakes your core up, your, your posture changes, and all your movements when you're picking things up will be led from your core. So it, the, it keeps working your core all day. Yeah, I love like that. I said, you know, I never, so it's actually not the movement of the hips, which is like the whole world does no. and nothing works out, right? It's, it's actually yeah. the, the movement from your core, which is, you said, the belly button. And it's, it's, it's actually back and forth. I mean, I guess. From- yeah. And you can, you can do it with your hips and you can run around in a circle and you can like three runs in the air and whoo, have parties all great. But there is also a way to use the hoop as a tool to access your core muscles. And that's, that's what our classes are, a mix of having fun and a mix of using your core. And so we teach, there's more like in the classes we do, and I do some videos online as well that are like, finding other exercises you can also tone your arms tone your legs um right. use the hoop to strengthen your balance standing on one foot moving your legs around to use different inner thigh muscles using your quads so there's you can use the hoop to access all the muscles in your body while standing up whilst watching your favorite videos on youtube if you like you can you know sometimes 
you know, back in the day when I used to be doing like long training sessions, I would like be like, hmm, I think I'm going to watch Star Wars and be like put a whole movie on and just stand there and you can just, and you forget you're doing it and you can, and then you, you know, the movie would finish and I'd be like, oh my God, my, like I would have like six back. <laughs> right. And then, so how is it to actually hula hoop 200 of them? I'm assuming, is it like a, you just work out a full body? Cause I know they're everywhere and you're just like, Whoa. not really. It's, it's really a really, really deep core and a sort of upper body arms as well because you've got to hold them under your arms so I used to do a lot of stuff like doing squats holding them and stuff like that but it's very core focused the stack but yeah you're right it is a little bit head to toe because it's heavy all right but as long as your core is strong then you can basically hold it and then yeah. do it all okay awesome so tell us a bit the classes like what is the plan because right now they're in the U.S. and London I mean I, I, I want to come to your classes like <laughs> Is there I know, and everyone keeps saying, you've got to do more videos. Why aren't you doing more videos? And I'm just like, I don't know, I need to, I always have it on my list. I need to do more videos. I need to do more classes. <laughs> yeah, and like open schools around the world because I know you. Uh, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. I think I need, I think, you know, on back to our earlier topic of like, it's not easy, you know. I think I need a fitness, someone who knows more about fitness and opening schools and stuff like that that would be able to help. But uh, I'm trying to do as much as I can. Absolutely. And you've got so many projects going on. Okay. One, mm. one, one other amazing projects that you have, you have a whole troop, right? Like a hula hoop troop, yeah. the Majorettes. And yeah. there, I know that you reference Spice Girls a little bit. Um, and you're like, <laughs> and you're mm. also kind of not only their trainer and, and I suppose like the leader, but you're also kind of like a, would you call yourself a bit of a therapist and a, and a mentor? And a <laughs> I, I never called myself the mom with them. I just immediately started calling myself the grandma. Like I was always like, I'm the grandma of the group because you know I, I feel I don't even feel like I'm their mom I feel like I'm their grandma um because yeah. I'm older the older wise one older. Maybe. Yeah. not really not really I like to think you know especially like you know when we started trading and someone would be having boyfriend issues and stuff and I'd be like listen <laughs> let me tell you. Listen. Let me, tell, let me yeah. tell you what's gonna. Yeah. <laughs> um, whether or not they wanted to hear it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. So this this troop was launched in 2012, and I know the story behind it. It was like you were training. They offered to train you a group of girls for I think three months weekly for the London um, Olympics opening uh, ceremony or or like a performance. And then after that, you loved it so much that you offered to to kind of do this I guess further and that's where it all kind of began and you're still doing it yeah yeah it's been great like yeah we we did that first thing with the Olympics and then we kept getting bookings and you know it wasn't planned on being a longer project but we were like okay I said you know I asked them if they want to keep doing it and the girls want to keep doing it so we were like mm, how do we keep this how do we keep this going and you know we've learned a lot it's it's been a lot of work um but it's been great and I think we're really this year has been really interesting. Like I was just back in London for three weeks working with Obi and she's the main chief of the majorettes who keeps it all together uh, while I'm traveling. Um, and we're, yeah, they're doing a lot of classes in London. They're doing a lot of shows, do a lot of festivals. We have a little shop there. Um, it's great. Mm. I love it. And how does it work? Like, is it a, how many girls are in there? We had 12 girls in the original group, but now we have sort of 30 members in London, um, not all of them perform 
uh, regularly. Like we have, and not all of them teach. Like some people just teach or some people just perform and some people just come to training. Mm, I see. So it's basically a performance group. They're, they're professional performance, right? And then they go mm-hmm. and they get paid for performing and put together these choreographs. And their views are incredible. Like when you go to like corporates and festivals and you do like mm-hmm. LED lights, uh, like who looks mm-hmm. LED and all of that. That's that's awesome. So what what's the plan for that? I mean, are you running this as a as a performance kind of company? And, and what's the plan for the future? Yeah, exactly. Like we, we want this weird, like they're, you know, there's all these agencies out there, but it's really hard to tell who's actually doing the work and getting the work. And there's always, you know, or, you know, there'll be a brand, then the brand will reach out to an agency and then that agency will have like another agency and then they'll call us and I'm like, and then they ask a question and then we give them the answer and they feed it back through five people and then it goes back to the brand and, it oh. goes back, and I'm just like, who is in charge here? Like we're always trying to work out, you know, we've never had man. You know, I've never had a manager. The troops never had a manager. Like I've never found anyone that can do the job better than the way we're doing it. Like I know how to negotiate a contract. I know what mm-hmm. need, what we need for shows and stuff like that. So we're always happy to deal with it directly. Um, yeah. It's strange. It's not like the music industry where, you know, I always think that's a good comparison because the music industry is like you have the artist who focuses on the music and then you have, you know, the manager that goes out and then, you know, you do a tour and you do a, you know, and there's, there's a lot of money along the way. Whereas like with performance, it's different. There isn't an agency, there isn't sort of an industry built up behind it. It's kind of like all these bizarre little sort of middlemen that are like, in my opinion, getting in the way, <laughs> getting in the way of a good show. Um, so we love doing stuff direct with brands, but it's, you know, it's a lot harder and we have to spend a lot of time reaching out and, and uh, finding the work. Yeah. Wow. And so besides the majorettes, you also have the Hooper Market, which is basically an online store, but not only mm-hmm. online, I get you have one in London. Um, mm-hmm. That's like a physical kind of thing. I, I, I watched the whole five minute video on it. It's like such a cool thing where people come and, you know, they, they train a bit and they, they have fun and the kids and then they can buy you know hula hoops and t-shirts and all of that. And so your online store as well, like a I've checked it out. It's awesome. Like you can buy, you also have like your own clothes that you're designing, I suppose, like the short, the shorts mm-hmm. and all of that. So tell us where can we go and, uh, you know, check them out for our hula hooping exercises and just yeah, be market. officially awesome. Yeah. The, the Hooper market, hoopermarket.com. Yeah. Um, H-O-O-P-E-R market, Hooper mm-hmm. market. That's such a good name. I love it. <laughs> it such, oh my god, you're like the best at coming up with. with no, I didn't come up with that. That's oh. that was Rob Flowers, my friend Emma Jane, her boyfriend Rob Flowers, who is just really good at doing stuff like that. He also came up with the name Hula Schooler, which is when we teach in schools and we do Hula Schooler. And then mm-hmm. he also came up with Hooper Market. He's the best. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Okay, Rob, you're a legend. Um, <laughs> but the, yeah, the Hooper Market is where we kind of sell the stuff that we like to train in because. I find that like most big brands that, you know, any brands that are doing stuff with women in sport, it's just, it's changed a lot recently. And I think it's great that there's lots of brands out there now that are making stuff for women. But, um, you know, as someone who could never get a pair of shorts that would actually cover my whole bum, I was just like, I don't want to have half my bum out. Like what? But I also don't want to wear leggings or something to my knee. Like I want shorts that cover my bum. Like that was, 
such a big thing. Yeah, you wouldn't think that that would be a problem. No, you wouldn't think it would be so difficult, but it is. And so, yeah, so we make stuff that that we like to wear. yeah, I love and that. I, yeah. And then there's like high thigh stocking, like thigh high socks and mid calf yeah. socks, and you have the yeah because we have a lot of skate gear as well because we you know we also yeah. like to skate and the skating community is you know also has that sort of look of um, you know you need like I love skating in knee high socks because you can either if you need to put them over the skates or for extra padding and then um, and then denim shorts are really good for like street skating and stuff like that so we yeah we kind of cater to hooping and skating I love that that's amazing all right uh so Marwa we don't have much time so let's quickly brush through the book that you have that I think all women and all mothers probably should get for their for their uh you know girls and for their daughters it's called the girl's guide the girl guide by you and an illustrator her name is uh, Sinem Arakas and it's basically 50 lessons of learning to heart or love your changing body and it's made for girls who are going through puberty and what you're saying is that you know you wrote it because you did not have this manual uh so to say and I like I was just reading through it and I was laughing my ass off when I mean it's it's also it's fun but it's also so real right like you talk about periods and vaginas and acne which by the way I'm still dealing with as an adult woman crazy yeah Yeah. and then yeah it's all hormones don't worry it's all hormones (laughs) um and then you know you talk about like what is it like poo like unexpected poo or something embarrassing oh my god so tell me a little bit about that and for all the listeners tell them why they I Personally, I think they should we, we should. we all should get this Bible book, and you made like a whole alphabet of like letters of your own shape, and it's all illustrated. It's beautiful, and then you know, as soon as I settle and get my sewing machine, my roller skates, my third item is going to be your book. That, that sure. <laughs> right, so tell us about it. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was really great, and Sanem, who did all the illustrations and and put the out al- made the alphabet letters and all this stuff. She's she was great. She was like my first. Like the, the publishers had been sending me different. They were like, what about this person or this person for illustrations? And I was like, nope, nope, nope. And then I, I made this mood board. I was like, I need someone who can do stuff like this. And they were like, you need to meet Sanem. And I was like, she's perfect. So it was it was great because it was really important to me that the book was super visual because I think mm-hmm. we're so unable to go back to a time of reading books that are just like small print thousand pages of text like we just that's not how we take any information what, what happened what yeah the internet happened and smartphones right. and happened instagram, and happened, instagram happened and all these things yeah and and i think that's great like i love that because i know that for me I, there was never a time where i was interested in reading a lot of book that was just text so making things super visual i think is really important and it was a lot of work and i really there were only a couple of things that I would have changed and, you know, you have to compromise a little bit. And so I really feel like we nailed it. And I'm like, it's, I know in the UK, I think it's like seven pounds on Amazon, which is really cheap. And I'm just like, yeah, everybody needs a copy of this. It's been really interesting. Like I had two um, guys that work for Nike uh, yesterday that we had this meeting with and they were like, they have teenage daughters and it was just this thing of like, the, you know, we get a lot of comments on Amazon that are like, I bought this for my son <laughs> or like, I'm a father and I read this and it's, it's changed my relationship with my daughter because, you know, you know, it's not only is it like 
the definitive guide for women or for young girls to learn about their bodies and how their bodies work or what's happening and is this normal and all those weird questions why do my boobs hurt like what's in my knickers like what's why is this happening what's a stretch mark like you know and and especially in the instagram generation of being like thinking that everything might be all you know how it looks on the internet which we all know it's not um but to a young person i think it's you know they're they don't really necessarily have a grasp on what's real and what's not real. Um, it's important to show all those sides. And so for women it's really important, you know, and also I had a lot of friends who are also like in their 30s and are like, I didn't know that the hymen could look like all these like <laughs> obscure um, puberty questions that they were like, Did you, I didn't know that thrush would be, you know. And so it's been great like getting feedback from people that are well outside of the recommended age group, which is, you know, 8 to 12, um, giving such good feedback. But also from men, you know, for I think for fathers that are just like have no idea how to talk to their daughters um, or for brothers or just young men in general who don't know, you know, you hear those stories about guys that, you know, have girlfriends, have wives, but literally don't understand any concept of what a period is or how a period works and you know and what is actually happening to their partner during that time you know and it's not like you know wrap us up with cotton wool and oh are you on your period like you know it's not it's not that it's just so that people don't yeah it's like that you know everybody knows what a penis looks like and everybody knows everything about a guy jerking off like you can't move without finding that out you know but no one's talking about women and women are talking about women, you know, and we need to. It's important to have that conversation. And I think that's, if anything, that's what I hope that the book is doing and it and it feels from the feedback that I'm getting that it is, which is making me feel really happy about it, um, is that, you know, like mums that are saying, you know, I bought the book and uh, what's great is often it's like she read the book and like she just sat there and read it, you know, and then but also that the questions that like, you know, that they then because they've they've seen it, they've read it or they've read my personal story about it. So suddenly it's like, oh, well, you know, I wasn't necessarily going to ask. I didn't, you know, or I was feeling that like there's a thing about shooty bum pains. I think I think it's a chapter. It's called shooty, shooty bum pains where you get like a pain up your bum and you're like, what's that? It's like, like a period kind of thing. And it's like, it's, it's not something that everyone has, but a friend of mine, her daughter, came up with the book like she was she was downstairs reading it in her bedroom and she'd come upstairs and she was like oh my god Marrow gets the shooting bum pain as well I get the shooting bum pain. It was just like, <laughs> she was like what's the shooting bum thing and I was like oh you need to read it <laughs> it'll make more sense when you read it <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's um, shooting bum pain because I've never heard yeah, it. but not <laughs> okay but I'm looking through the chapters and I said I, I First of all, my so my mom passed away when I was really young. I was eight, and I was dealing with a father that oh, obviously nice. didn't know like mm-hmm. anything. And then mm-hmm. I was blessed hashtag blessed quote unquote with an evil stepmother that didn't teach me shit about oh, whatever. No, so, her book should have been like in my life maybe about fifteen years ago. But anyways, uh, yeah. yeah. So I didn't have like shooty bum pain, but I did have thrush, and mm. I freaked the f out. Yeah, um, you think I, you're dying. 
Yeah, and then I love how your your chapter is called Thrush, aka Fire in My Pants. I want to sit in a bowl of yogurt. That exact that's exactly how I felt. Right. Um, and then some of this, oh my god, like the poo story, embarrassment stories, you know, the, the menstrual cup that i I started using like a year ago. And a lot of really, really interesting I mean, I'm gonna say cool stuff, but a lot of things that we women you know growing up not only through puberty I'm, I'm i'm way past puberty but i like i would definitely read it and you know you talk about hair and vaginas and the discharge the white stuff and mm-hmm. like all of that stuff and period so highly recommend it it's on amazon we're going to have a book to it and uh, all women should just go and get it right now and support marawa and her the the girl guide because this is an incredible it's time for tools and resources on Girl Skill. Give me your two that's going to tools and resources, your two top apps that you're using on a daily basis besides Instagram, because like that just needs to be shut down. Uh, <laughs> or just like, you know, come like so a light version should be because I'm like so over, oh my God, so overwhelming for me. But what are what are some of your two top apps that you're using? Mm, I want to say something really impressive, but <sighs> Apps are not oh. that impressive, I think. But <laughs> <laughs> something that you're using. I have this obscure art thing that. Da, da, da. No, I think in. I think I. I will say this one. It's not something I use every day, but it's something that has changed my life. Is Glow. Um, Glow is a period app. There are lots of period apps out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the best one, but it's the one that I use, and it has that has changed my life because I can literally feel like I feel like it knows more than I know because sometimes it's like you're getting your period tomorrow and I'm like oh I'm not I'm feeling it and then it's like oh yeah okay oh, right. there it is um yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is kind of crazy um so I like glow and then I love Kira Kira I gotta say what's uh, Kira Kira oh <gasps> you haven't used Kira Kira no Anna your life is never gonna be the same <laughs> I hope Kira so. Kira turns any boring situation into a place full of sparkles and dreams it's like the glitter sparkle filter so anything that's got a little bit of light on it it makes it sparkle you're gonna it's gonna change your life oh my god I'm checking it out right now yeah I can't believe myself but yeah I feel like my life's gonna change after our conversation like period like this has been the most amazing you have sparkly periods for the rest of your life (laughs) that's right that's what I want I feel like all women need that in their life okay Kira Kira and Glow awesome love it (laughs) Um, give me two people that I know you have a lot of like kind of role models and I've watched, I actually watched most of the videos of your role models, especially Olga Corbett. And I was fascinated by her and, uh, many other people that you mentioned, but right now at this point, are, are, is there anyone that you kind of follow or maybe look up to or, yeah, you know, who I'm really, who really inspired me this year, um, is a woman named Erin Jackson a.k.a. at Speedy J. Mm-hmm. And Speedy J is, uh, she's a derby roller skater. She's, I think she skates for the U.S. derby team. Um, and she's also a speed inline skater. Uh, and she skates. She's a skater. She's great, brilliant. Um, but there's a lot of ice skating. And so we get speed skating in the Winter Olympics. And Speedy J like a year ago or something crazy, switched from inline speed skating to ice skating. Mm. And she's amazing. She's so incredible. And then she like, 
I don't know, in January or something, she just like qualified for Korea and she was like, oh my God, I'm going to the Olympics. (laughs) P.S. She just got into the Olympics. And so she like went to the Olympics and I don't know, I just, I've been following her story and she's, I think she's 24. Like I'm pretty sure she'll, I I don't know with ice skating, but I feel like that's young and I feel like she'll be at the next Olympics as well. Then I just thought her story was so incredible and she, I think she went from, I think when she went to Korea, she was ranked 31st in the world and then she, by the end of Korea, she was ranked 24th and it was like, you know, that's, that's amazing. Like it's incredible and it, and it was so quick. The turnaround was so quick and she looked amazing. Um, so I'm super into Speedy J. She, she inspired me a lot. Speedy J where, I mean, I'm actually looking at a daily mail co, um, article about her and checking out her glasses. So that's awesome. We're going to link to that. Okay, cool. And okay. Mara, Mara, Mara. Damn, I'm trying to get your name. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Marawa. There you go. I'm just going to call you Marawa from now on. Perfect, um, perfect. I know that you have a list of your favorite books, which is obviously The Girl Guide, written by you, uh, Essays Against Everything by Mark Grafe, Ren Hang, Alice Adventures by Alice Hawkins, uh, Let My People Go Surfing by Yvonne Schoenard. Yeah, yeah, Schoenard. Uh, Madonna in My First Point of View by Phyllis Madonna. And Nautical Chic by Amber Jane but- Butcher. Butcher. And it's her her partner who came up with the name of Hoop Market. Amber Jane is a legend. Oh, okay. Awesome. So I've actually, I've heard about Yvonne Schoenard. Mm-hmm. Um, I've Mr. heard. Is, yeah. Is that, is that a woman or it's a man? It's a man. Yeah. It's a man. Yeah. So I've heard his interview on how I build this podcast. It was amazing. Yes. yes. I can't wait to read the, his book. And obviously we heard about Alice Adventures, but I've, I haven't heard of the other books. I'm highly, cu- I'm very curious to check them out and we'll definitely link to everything on the show notes for this episode. But would you like to add anything else to this amazing list? <laughs> in terms oh of God. Books? Uh, you know, I just finished reading Pat Cleveland's memoirs, um, uh, Walking with the Muses, I think it's called. Um, and it's great. It's great. She's great. It made me just want to be in New York at a disco. She's fabulous. Oh, I love okay, her. we'll check it out. Awesome. Oh, my goodness. We went over time. I think this this is officially one of my longest interviews, but, like, there's just so many questions. I feel like we can be talking forever, Marawa. So I want to thank you so much for coming, for taking your time and, you know, for, for your inspiration, for all the work that you do. It's pretty awesome. And it's, you're officially amazing on my you, – you're officially on my <laughs> list of officially amazing people. Who cares about Guinness Records, you know? And, um <laughs> I just really love how you're inspiring girls and you're definitely my girl crush. And so for everybody who wants to know more about you and, you know, the work you do, hula hooping, everything, where, where can they go and find out more? Easiest spot to go is marawa.online. So it's just M-A-R-A-W-A dot online. Mm-hmm. All right. And we're going to link to everything in the show notes. All right, Marawa. I, uh, thank you so much for this interview. It's been a lot of fun. Brilliant. Thanks for having me. All right, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this episode with Marawa. I think it was one of my favorite episodes ever. Um, And if you did and took some valuable lessons from it, I honestly think that everybody should listen to this episode, especially girls. If you haven't gotten Marawa's book, 
you absolutely have to. If you haven't tried hula hooping classes with an adult hula hoop, as Marama told you, please do so um, and share this episode with a girlfriend who, you know, who thinks that Guinness World Records are an impossible thing like we all do. But as Marawa shared, it's just freaking paperwork, but you can do it. Uh, maybe she loves hula hoops and roller skates because he does. Who doesn't, obviously? And maybe she needs a bit of inspiration, motivation. Which Marawa is a kick-ass at doing that. Trust me, your girlfriend and I will be forever grateful. And you can share this episode straight from your podcasting app or go to girlskill.com54 to share this and. Girlskill.com54 is also where you'll find all the tools and resources, all the links and descriptions to this episode. So, yeah, go there. Share away because this has been incredible. And as usual, have an awesome week running with the wolves. And I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to Girlskill. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher to never miss an episode. And never forget that your version of success is uniquely yours to live and experience. Until next time, let's continue redefining female success together. Girlskill.com. Female success redefined. Redefined.